welcome, 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 welcome one and all to another edition of the Alamonte News Report, well, Alamonte Show Report. Um, I keep butchering that every time I need to make a new logo, but other than that, thank y'all for tuning in. But before I get into this piece, I'd like to, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, however you're doing it with this, uh, with my episodes. Thank you. 108 before I did this uh, interview, I'm interviewed, <laughs> did this show, uh, 108 downloads. I want to thank each and every one of y'all for taking the time to download, to listen to the episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But one thing I do wish, I wish that y'all would have also subscribed too. So, <laughs> so uh, once again, thank you for downloading the show and all that stuff. But I need y'all to subscribe so you guys can get a hold of this uh, great content when it's put first published out and also do me a favor when you subscribe tell your friends your mama your daddy your sisters about it your side pieces about the uh, uh podcast so they can tune in also that they can subscribe to as well because soon i will be putting out exclusive content so all this uh juicy stories i'm doing the podcast it will still happen but my uh real juices juicy ones that i'm gonna get deep in depth with are coming soon, and that's going to be on video. Um, so, once again, thank y'all for subscribing. If you haven't, subscribe, please. Now, let's get into uh, this piece. So, this one was a long time coming for me because I've been a sports fan, but a Dallas Cowboys fan for, for the longest. I mean, since I could first comprehend football. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, thanks to my Aunt Maisie, uh, I remember when the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl um, in the 90s. Well, y'all know what I mean. Well, I saw the Cowboys won one of the many Super Bowls in the 90s. Let me get that right, because I make it seem like I'm freaking 70, <laughs> which I'm not. But um, I was alive during the time when the uh, Cowboys was a force to be reckoned with in the uh, early to middle 90s. And I never looked back since. During all the massive heartbreaks that we have, I have always been a Dallas Cowboys fan. But as I grown up, gotten wiser, gotten, gotten older, I started to look really, really close to what I've been watching. Now, for anybody who's uneducated, mainly people like myself, um, you know, they see it as just regular men, you know, that came from, that got the football bug from when they first was playing peewee football, um, then going to high school, then going to college, and then getting drafted into the NFL. And now they're living their dream. Now it's beyond living dream. Now we're playing for a championship for the Lombardi Trophy. For anybody who's not not educated or looked that deep into the NFL. Now, 
I used to be one of those people. That's what all, all I thought. But then when I first started to see the biggest issues um, with sports, mainly I'm going to stick with the NFL, is when you see police brutality and when you see a lot of things happening to our people and which majority of the players in the NFL are black and they say nothing about it. Now, don't get me wrong, one or two say anything about it. And it hurt me that they just ignore it, number one. But then it hurt me even worse, number two, when I got my own people who saying the same thing as uh, white conservatives were saying, man, just play ball. That has nothing to do with you, man. Keep politics out of football, man. And, and people fail to understand that these guys, just because they make millions of dollars, do extraordinary plays, make extraordinary hits, or, you know, they come back from injury and have Hall of Fame careers for your entertainment, they're human too. You forget that you got other fan bases that hate these guys. Like me, I can't stand the Feagles. I can't stand them. I hate their fan base. I hate everything they stand for. I hate them just in general. I hate them. But I still know that there are still men that have families, that have kids, that are also friends with people in the Dallas Cowboys. Hard to believe, uh, Feagle Nation, that they also have Sons, daughters, not only just sons and daughters, teenage sons and daughters that go to school. And some of them are even trustworthy to walk to and from school or to the store or go out with friends by themselves. And these situations will happen. They won't give a damn if Emmett Smith's son is Emmett Smith's son. <laughs> the kid could be like, I'm Emmett Smith's son. You think that's going to stop a cop from arresting him for all the wrong reasons? Or even if they had a reason to arrest him, to get aggressive with him? You think Deion Sanders' son, well, sons have that same luxury of saying, well, I'm primetime son, if they ever was in a situation? Because this is going beyond the player. We're talking about their families, definitely their lineage, definitely if they got a son that they want to get through to follow in their footsteps. See, we don't think about those things when we talk about these athletes. Like I was talking to my, my first sergeant, and you know me, I'm an interviewer by day, and you know, I ask questions, and even if I disagree with it, I still sit back and listen. 
And we was uh, talking about Russell Wilson, and we just went on a, you know, he, he just spilled that majority of these players are divas. You know, it's not all about the team. It's all about the money. And to majority of what he was saying, he made sense. I mean, you know, from a fan perspective, he's right. Because my thing is always about loyalty. But at the same time, it was not, it was hitting me the wrong way. It, it, it was It was not, you know, it, it was just like an underlying feeling that I, I was not feeling right about. Because I, I think to myself of the situations that I mentioned about the players' sons and also daughters. Because these players, who just live these laps lifestyles, definitely the young ones, buy these cars, you see them with a different girl every day, or you, you have a story with them being, going out, having parties, or, or them getting caught up in some stupid mess. And then you have the media basically saying these underlying things like, why should he be acting like that? Or even worse, even in the game, where you got players that's trying to retaliate because because either they got pushed from behind and you just expect them just to take it, or, or them talking back to their head coach, oh, he's being unruly. Or players that have attitudes? Have anybody ever asked why they have these attitudes? Why do they have to retaliate every time they get pushed? Like, we really have to sit down, understand these situations before we go off the cuff. And also, I can't stand people, and I'm about to say this, it's about to rub a lot of people the wrong way. I can't stand the people like the Larry Fitzgeralds. I'm going to tell you why. Because Larry Fitz don't give a damn about black people. He just give a damn what goes on in his pockets. And he just like, oh, I just love football. Like when Dak Prescott, and I'm still disappointed to this day what Dak Prescott said when, when, when Black Lives Matter and all the riots and all that stuff was going on. Where he said, well, football is my oasis. You know, is this, you know, they helped me to break away from all that. Like, dude. Your white side's coming out. But when you get pulled over, they're not seeing your white side. They see you as a black man. And then the whole entire NFL, black players, didn't say a thing. Only a few. But majority of them didn't say anything because they didn't want to hurt the bag. And then all of a sudden, when then-President Trump called them SOBs, now all of a sudden, let's all take a knee. Even Jerry Jones, as Lily said, you know, the guy's going to toe the line. They're going to toe the line. And then next thing you know, he takes a knee with the whole damn team. And nothing else was said, nothing else was done after that. 
And then it really started to hit me. It, it, it really started to hit me where I look at the players as human beings, but then I look at them on the field, how they conduct themselves, and they just pretend like, ugh, if it's not affecting me personally or in my life or right in front of me, I could care less. Because that's fear. Let me continue being a model citizen. You know, let me just be that one clean cut player. You know, if a, if a referee call a penalty on me, I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm going to walk off. And if I score a touchdown or I get a pick, I'm not going to celebrate. I'm just going to walk back to the sideline. I know those type of people. I've seen those type of people. My own kind that does that. They're the ones, when they see a group of black people, they stay clear away. And they go to their majority white friends because he's one of the good ones. Just think that he's being accepted because you know, like hip hop, you like country more. It's not always um, black country movement, which y'all need to have a few seats for this one. It's not because they just like white women, no. It's acceptance. Or in the words of what uh, Teach would say, illusion of inclusion. Me being a floater in my high school, There was plenty of times where I had my white counterparts, my white classmates say, well, she's one of the good ones. See, then I didn't know what that meant. I wish I had the knowledge that I had now then, because I would have checked them on it. I'm like, what do you mean I'm one of the good ones? That's what I would have said. And that's the whole entire NFL right there in the nutshell of the black player because they don't want to hurt the bag. Most of all, I don't want to embarrass my boss. I don't want to do that to him or her. So a lot of y'all thought I was going to go in this video about just the white people that enjoy this sport and just want them to shut up. Oh no, this goes both ways. Because the black player is scared. And I guarantee you, any of these black players listen to this podcast, they probably want to rip my damn head off, but don't have that same energy when it comes to their owners. They're conservative owners who don't give a damn about them. Because they did give a damn about them. They wouldn't be trading them off. Trading the players off like they, like they do. Paying them like they do. And as well as just blackballing them. And treating them like freaking, like old Yeller. In his older years. 
and they just taking them in the back of the freaking shed and putting that bullet in the back of their head. They blackball players, even players that still have potential because they got an attitude problem. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there's a lot of people that has attitudes for absolutely no reason. I'm not saying that an attitude is justified. But before you make that conclusion, you have to understand why they have an attitude. But see, when you already let it be known to the ESPNs of the world and the FS1s of the world, it's like it's already sketched in stone. Like it's already like, yep. That's the problem. That's the issue. And that's not right. Everybody knows that's not right. You cannot sit there and just demonize somebody we don't, when you don't know the reason why they're the way they are. And that's why I just despise people like Larry Fitzgerald. Because I promise you, Larry Fitz, when he was still in the league, he was asked those questions. What do you think about Black Lives Matter? What do you think? What would what, you say about what you do about it? I guarantee he avoided it. Now, I could be wrong. He probably did a take on it, but that was probably it. Because you got to keep his clean-cut image. And who's he doing that clean-cut image for? And see, that's the question nobody asks. All these respectable players, for the love of the game, that don't do celebrations in the end zone, that help their fellow man up, who just plays football and go home to his family and to his, to his kids. Who are they doing that for? I'm going to tell you this. They're not doing it for themselves. Who are they doing it for? Even the freaking field Negro showed out for the freaking master every time he was around. You think it was only the house Negro that did all the Show Bodie. You're not going to sit here and tell me when Massa came down to the plantation to see how his slaves were doing that none of them wasn't showing out. So y'all think they being clean and cut just because, just for you and for your kids to model after them? Stop. Even for those players before they get up into the NFL. For ones that really, literally believe that they're making a difference for their kids, they are told no. They're going to get that talk. All the things you think you're going to break up in here, don't. Because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for this organization. Because everything you do is a representation of us. AKA the owner.
And I know a lot of y'all was like, well, it's not like that. It's not like that. Really? You know what happened to Kareem Hunt? And who was that? Uh, Ray Rice? Was it just him in that conference with his wife that he struck, knocked out, cold? Was it just him? Or did the Baltimore Ravens actually had to put out a statement condemning his actions? This brother's blackballed. One of many. Kaepernick was the one that started, <coughs> excuse me, who got started being blackballed from the NFL. He himself was one of many that was blackballed. Now, what the brother did was wrong. But then again, we don't know the whole situation. Only thing we know, because his wife, if you actually looked at the video, because one thing people tend to forget with those situations that his wife did struck him. And I'm on this thing of if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Not condoning violence, but also I'm not condoning violence on me and I'm not going to react. But that's a whole different that's a whole different podcast. But other than that, in the eyes of the NFL and society, that was wrong. Should he have been, I think he was, he was suspended. Yes, he should be suspended. I think he was suspended for the whole year, as he should have. But to blackball him from the whole entire NFL for that? That's crazy. Because he made his owner, oh, I'm sorry, organization look bad. It's, it's, it's crazy to me. But then also, they are also told to be like, you're not only just doing this for organization. This is also for you to get those sponsorship and endorsements. <sighs> so you got to go after the bag. And we all want to criticize hip-hop stars and go after them. But it's the NFL and the black athletes that's pushing this agenda out, too, of materialism. Think of all the athletes that you see caught on TMZ or or you see them at games and all that stuff. Jewelry, blinged out. Lambos. Lifted trucks. The gorgeous girlfriend or wife. Wearing the priciest, priciest of clothes. So let's not just put it on the freaking hip hop stars. Look at these athletes. They're not helping matters either. Huh. <sighs> 
and and it's very sad. These players worry so much about the money that nothing else matters. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe everybody should be selfish at some point. Some sometimes in their lives, they should be selfish. I will say that. But all the time, no. I'm trying to get this money, man. So, so the money makes you now. I'm trying to get the bag, so it's all about the money, huh? When the money dries up, then what? Look at all these players that are coming out saying that they got PTSD, concussions, all these injuries that the NFL wasn't even covering. And they had some racist calls up in there, claws up in there, which they got rid of. But nobody's hooping and hollering about that. But you worry about getting the bag. What happened about the love for the sport? What happened to, you know, having the rushing record or the touchdown record or the sack record? No, I'm just after the bag. But guess who you have to perform for to get the bag? And this is the biggest issue and problems with the black athletes. They're scared, have no backbone, and don't even realize that they're being used for entertainment. Now, a lot of y'all going to get mad at LeBron James and sitting there saying, well, you know, when he went to the Lakers, oh, he just tried to make movies. He's looking out for himself. To me, LeBron James is the most powerful NBA player right now in the league. Even more powerful than Michael Jordan in his heyday. But the only difference is LeBron James look out for everybody else. Because LeBron James almost went down this hole where when when was it? I think it was, ah, oh, good grief. I forgot that, uh, Mike Brown. When the Mike Brown incident happened and he was asked about it and he said no comment and didn't care anything about it, he got checked for that. And ever since then, he spoke up what's been going on in the world. LeBron knew that this was bigger than him. He realized this was bigger than the NBA because the NBA is majority black players too. He took the stand and said, I'm going to speak about it because at the end of the day, when I'm out this jersey, when I am not in the freaking uh, facilities, I am a black man with a family. He, and, and, and when he says something about the NBA moves swiftly. You tell me if MJ said something back in the day, when he was at his peak, 
he would have had that same mild power if he would have done the same that LeBron James did. But MJ just worried about himself. He worried about number one. He worried about winning championships rather than caring about his people. Even at that time was dying in the streets because of police brutality and racism. But hey, you buy my shoes? LeBron is using his voice and a lot of y'all don't like it and I don't know why, but I'm here for it. Because he know that when he's gone, he already got a lasting legacy, number one. Excuse me, and number two, the billions that he had made, he's not going to be buried with all that money. He's going to give that money to his kids. It's going to pass that down. Generational wealth that we want to talk about. And LeBron James is not doing it just for himself. He's doing it for everybody, including every person in the league. You saw when he took the knee, the whole team took the knee. The whole league took the knee. Well, certain people didn't take the knee, but everybody else took the knee. LeBron James had looked out for everybody in the NBA. And I'm not just only just talking about basketball. I'm talking about when they are just regular civilians. Because if he didn't spoke up and just went with the status quo, he would be no different than the rest of them. That's currently doing it right now. Owners been backwards the league been backwards for LeBron James and LeBron James said I want Coca-Cola to be the official soft drink of the NBA yes he will get a little bit of kickback just to, for the semantics part and just to have a little story to go with it I guarantee Coca-Cola will become the official soft drink of the NBA. All to the, in part, to LeBron James. And nobody's not going to sit here and tell me he don't have that power. Curry's not even on that level. And he can win another championship and still won't have the power of influence like LeBron James. And Curry been saying the same thing that LeBron James having because LeBron James brought it to the forefront. So now you're saying more, but where does it lead to with the white entertainment to the white people? I'm going to tell you, they just only care about if their team is going to win and who we drafted, who is coming to the team, who is leaving the team. 
That's all that matters. I'm not going to go too far into any of their homes. Or what they think if they call these players the M-word. That is what they do behind closed doors. But with all that being said, the remnants for what they say in the, behind their doors does come out in coded language. Hear me out. Y'all remember the shut up and dribble? Remember that? Laura Ingram, Fox News, when she made that insensitive comment? Yeah. Yep, she said that. And she meant every word. She meant it. She said it. She was like, hell, I. Hey, look. Look here. Young Jack Alert. Ding, 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 ding. But see, she spoke for majority of the white people that thought that way. How many of y'all get mad when the penalty happens? How many times have y'all been mad when they took the knee or they spoke about what's been going on in their communities? How many of y'all always say you don't see color? Or how many of y'all always say we paid you all this money to do this? How many of y'all said, <laughs> oh boy, so, so many thoughts coming down. How many of y'all said, keep politics out of sports? How many of y'all said any of those comments? Because that's the issue. That's the problem. Basically, boy, shut the F up. Run the rock. Get us a touchdown. Get us a championship. Get us the league record. Give us, shoot some threes for us. Knock down some home run for us, even though it's not majority black people in the MLB. It's few and far between. But mainly basketball and NFL. Win us a championship. Like over here, in Seattle, they praise Marshawn Lynch. But Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> if y'all realize it, he was Kaepernick before Kaepernick. Y'all realize he never stood for the national anthem, which I find that was crazy. He always sat down, but nobody said nothing about it. Look up a video when, um, when he was playing for the Raiders, when the Raiders played down in Mexico. He stood up for the Mexican um, national anthem, and he sat down during the United States um, anthem. Look that video up, and nobody said a thing. Nobody said a peep. Here's the issue what I got for uh, you white folks that believe all those things and believe in all this philosophy and say that keep politics out of sports. You got the Cancer Society. You got the um, Susan B. Coleman. 
that found out to be a fraud, nothing but the money grab, barely saved anybody and barely any of the money went to the research facilities to find a cure for all these types of cancers, definitely breast cancer. And then me, the military. We support the military. What in the world do y'all support the military in? You got a lot of people that don't like us. Why throw that down their throat? And I know a lot of y'all get cringe every time they play the the Negro spiritual. The black anthem, as I want to call it, the black anthem. I know y'all cringe. Y'all were like, why y'all playing that? But keep politics out of football. I don't see race. So why seeing my culture, which I've been fed your culture all my life, just this one time, just to see my culture, now all of a sudden, no. So all these other things, salute the troops to the breast cancer awareness and, and the cleats where they put their organization that they want to donate to, oh, that's all good. But them talking about what's going on in the community, definitely when it's racial, oh, we can't have that. We just going to, football is just, not even just football, but sports is just a bubble, a fantasy land where all that don't exist. But you don't see a problem. You don't see a problem with that. Like, you you got to be living in a freaking dream world to think that just because you're in sports that we're just going to forget that when the lights goes off, when the game is over, and the final score has been scored, and the final timer has been set, and that last person, that last janitor, to leave the close down the arena, that real life doesn't exist, but but during that time of sports, it doesn't. Like, really? Like, really? If it was a riot going on outside any of these arenas of any sport, you're telling me that they can continue to play the game? It's like, you know, it's, it's been a couple of random, uh, random protesters in these NBA games that runs on, oh, how about this, a streaker? That, or, or that one stupid fan that's like, let me just run up on the freaking court. You, you telling me that you, the players going to continue playing? Or do they stop the game? Because that just basically ended your argument. Because sports is not this fancy world where real life just stops happening. Just like anything else, it's going to happen. And just like what COVID did to the world, it has to stop. 
to de-escalate the situation or understand what the hell is going on. Period. Period. Sports should be an equalizer to what is going on. When you like Chicago, because y'all love to bring up Chicago, how bad Chicago is, and not actually looking up the facts that Chicago is not even one of the worst cities in all America. I think it's like all the way down to 25th. Shoot, let me look it up right now. Let's look, let's look it up. Worst cities in crime. Let's look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Most dangerous cities. Let's look. Um, World Population Review. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look at Forbes. Look at a reliable source rather than some random site. Oh, come on now. But then sometimes they have those ad blockers on. So let me see. Let me find one. Uh, you know what? Let's... Uh, uh, let's go in here and look at uh, the World Population Review. Let's let's check it out. So, here are the according to this website, WorldPopulationReview.com. You can look it up yourself. Here's the top ten dangerous cities that they got ranked. This is from a 2018 Uniform Crime Report. This including city murders, non-neglect. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna use big words. Murder, mass slaughter, rape, robbery, and aggregated, aggregated assault. Sorry, tongue twister. I'm a country bunking, y'all. So here's the top ten: Detroit, Michigan, Miss, uh, Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama. Baltimore, Maryland, St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Cleveland, Ohio, Little Rock, Arkansas, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Stockton, California. You probably say, well, then where do Chicago rank? It's probably outside the top 10. Okay, let's see. So let's see. Let's see where Chicago ranks. Let's see. Mm. Oh. We got Springfield, Illinois is ranked 49th. Cincinnati, Ohio, 48th. But we were looking for Chicago, so let's see where Chicago is. Akron, ah, Tacoma, <laughs> not too far from here. Tacoma's not all that bad. Uh, let me see. So going through. It's crazy. That's a lot of... Uh, Southern states that have very dangerous 
That's a dangerous population. <clears throat> dangerous cities. To, oh, here we go. Chicago is ranked 29th. Let me say that again. Chicago is ranked 29th of 50 of the most dangerous cities in America. 29th. So, now I did mention Detroit was number one, right? So, you got the Detroit Lions up there. You got the Detroit Tigers. You also got the Detroit Pistons. Should they be a reflection of their community? Should y'all be helping to improve the area around there? Or you just tell the athletes of what organization you choose them to do, that you force them to do? Now, don't get me wrong. These athletes also have their own organizations outside of their uh, teams to help out with the community. But we're not going to sit here and pretend that these areas like Detroit are so nice and flourishing to go to. You're number one of the most dangerous cities in America. So, white people, definitely you Detroit fans of Lions or whoever that lives outside the city, or don't even live in the state at all. Are you going to get a ticket to still go and watch these games? We're not even talking about supporting, but to go and watch these games. Because the team is a representation of the community, the city, or town. That they're playing for. I mean, as a, if you really do care, you would think that, hey, owner, what are you doing to help improve that community? What are you doing? So, with also, with Detroit being as bad as it is, and police brutality is happening, you still want the organization, the players, to ignore that? For your entertainment? Like, really? Like, really? Like, a lot of y'all get mad with all these athletes are standing up about what happened with the Ruby Wade thing. Oh, we don't care. No, you don't care. Imagine this. Let's say, knock on wood, a policeman got slaughtered or, or a group of police officers got slaughtered. I knew y'all won't be, I knew y'all would have been like, hey, we need to do a tribute for them. Those are good men. Or knock on wood, 
there was a bombing that happened somewhere in freaking the Ukraine and it happens to be U.S. soldiers over there that got killed. Oh, we need to do something about that. And you're not going to sit here and tell me that y'all won't be doing that. I'm here to tell you that's bullshit. Y'all will be jumping, getting mad at the NFL. Oh, y'all going to do this for Black Lives Matter, but y'all can't do it for these officers and all that stuff. Man, I, I just love that we live in two Americas and the other Americas don't realize that there are two Americas. <laughs> we all together, but you're standing on the other side of the train tracks, sir, ma'am. The, uh, these are two different Americas. And also, politics have always been in sports. Look at all the sponsorship. You don't think sponsorships didn't do nothing political to become a sponsor or to get their logo out there on the field or on the team's jersey? You don't think so? Or the politics of players getting traded, getting drafted? Or getting signing bonuses, extensions. Like, that never got to your head? Or having freaking politicians at your game? Like, let's be for real. Or in NASCAR, you know, they have freaking prayers at the track. There's so much politics that goes in to the sport. But one thing you just cannot sit there and say is, I don't want to see what's going on in the world, in my, in my games and all that stuff. Like, sir or ma'am. It's America. And sports is, once again, is not this fantasy bubble where you just think that, oh, no. Oh, no, nothing can, this is sports. We all together. But then when you out that bubble, it's back to your racist self again, right? Why can't y'all be like Larry Fitz? He don't complain about nothing. Why don't y'all be more like Herschel Walker? See, he's running for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. He ain't speaking nothing but the truth, brother. He's calling all y'all out. Because y'all like them type of blacks. And then the black people that plays... Not only do you allow them to do that to you, that's what you become. Because as long as, as long as I get the bag, that all that matters. I can pay for my kids' college. I get to give my wife that nice new Ferrari, and then for me, I give me that that brand new, brand new house, and, and also and also that brand new, brand new ring that I always wanted, or that brand new chain. Yeah, yeah. Just to start. 
Now, this is not going to stop me from watching sports, but I'm going to tell y'all something. It's sad to me to watch the sports and knowing all this dynamics that I just explained on this podcast is happening before our eyes. It is sad that we're still going through this, but I had this dream the other night where I went to my very first NFL football game. And I'm, you know, watching my Cowboys play. I forgot what the other team was. And we scored a touchdown. One of the uh, defensive players, D. Lyman, actually caught a pick and ran into the house. As he was celebrating, he did the unthinkable. He put the football down, took off his uniform. Like he literally took off his like he, he took off his uh his shirt, his jersey. He took it off. Excuse me, throws it on the ground and he jogs to the locker room as he's unclipping um his uh the rest of his stuff. And all the other players started to do the same thing. And not only the Cowboy players, but even the opposing team was running to their locker rooms doing the same thing. I literally woke up. I literally woke up and I said, this is something that's not impossible. This is not impossible, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely with this new generation just coming into the league, I know for a fact that this is not an impossible task to do. Because when you come to a point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're going to do something about it. And still being a part of it and still allowing this sport to continue to do the things that that it does, it's going to be a breaking point. And white people who believe in this philosophy have to understand that you're the biggest problem. And also the black athlete who continues just to go for the bag and just to keep everybody happy. And you know who to everybody that's happy, that's white people. And their owners. That you're allowing this mess to happen. But eventually, just like any bubble. It's going to pop. It's going to pop. And I feel that that's coming sooner than people think it will. It's going to take something real big, something as big with Roe v. Wade 
Not like that, but something even more tragic to the point where you have every black athlete and even the white ones and even the Latinos and, and whoever nationality is going to be like, enough's enough. They're just going to throw their jerseys on the ground and they're going to jog right back into their freaking locker rooms in protest. And now they will have the owner's attention. They can strip them all their contracts, but guess what? You got no lead. You got no games. Not only you're upset, now the sponsors are upset. The organizers, the promoters are now upset. Now the ball's in your court. And I'm going to say this before I, I, I go. Understand this. Sports was always uprooted from racism. Look it up. Because at one time, the NFL was number white men. Nothing but. Don't think just because you got majority of black players on the field that racism magically disappeared from the league. You can tell by the ownership, the coaches, head coaches, not assistant coaches, head coaches, and most of all, who are their market geared to the most? because they're not sponsored by any or encourage any black businesses at all. Let that sink in. And the only time that they do push out to black viewers is their halftime show. Let that sink in. And that would do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so much to talk about this one. I could I could have gone further, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna let y'all decide. Once again, thank y'all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to download and share share this content with all your friends, family, side pieces, all that. I've been your host, Dada Alamonte Morris. Thank y'all for listening to another Dada Alamonte show report. Thank y'all. I'm out.